Hello shooters, how's it going? I am Leo from Leonard. Welcome back to a brand new video. In today's video, I am doing a kind of different thing. I am with my friend here, Hayden, at Hayden Shots on Instagram. Hayden, please introduce yourself to uh, my subscribers and, and all the, the people that are watching this right now. Hey guys, I'm Hayden. I'm from uh, Connecticut in the United States. I'm uh, primarily a drone photographer. I've been doing this for about a year. A year and a half now and I'm it's just trying to good. see where it's gonna take me yeah Hayden Hayden photos are very very good his at is uh, Hayden at Hayden shots it's is very good at actually it's really uh, straight to the point I, I like that thank you so Hayden what do you think is the most important thing when shooting uh, drone photos because uh, it could be the framing the lighting uh, maybe the location that impacts a lot in in the shots that you take so what do you in your opinions the most important thing when taking drone photos in my opinion I'd say uh, that a vertical panorama is definitely a very very useful tool and is one of the most uh, like things that will make or break your image it's basically when you take multiple images of the same uh, or in the same spot in the air, but you just tilt the camera at different angles, and then you can just stitch them together in Lightroom, which is really easy and really straightforward. But it does make, uh, like you said, the four by five crop ratio for Instagram much easier, and you oh, don't nice. lose as much resolution. Yeah. So th that's awesome because I always got this in my mind. How how did these guys? You and other photographers that I've seen on Instagram get the drone photo that usually uh, is taken like a panel, 16 by 9 panel. How do they get this for the Instagram aspect ratio, which is actually 4 by 5? And I got myself like, do they crop? Is this a, a, a badass drone with a, a yeah. very nice resolution? What do they uh, it do? So it's it's very nice to hear that because... Uh, that was a doubt that I had myself so it's it's very cool on how to how to know the uh, how to do these things and I think that YouTube is very game-changing on learning these new things uh, yeah. where, how did you learn uh, for the vertical panoramas I've actually had I've just learned over the years but I've had many people uh, help me along in the Instagram community and YouTube like you said and yeah, you just learn over time, practice, practice, practice. And so, yeah, you learn stuff like that, which is crucial and really makes or break an image. So, uh, everything I know about uh, photography, I actually learned on YouTube or grabbing my camera and trying to, to get the photo that I wanted, even with no experience. I think that the best way to learn photography are or this kind of stuff on filmmaking, photography and content creation is actually to go out and do that even though you know the theory in your head because I've uh, watched a thousand videos uh, teaching me ISO and then when I and I took notes and then when I got my camera I didn't know how the hell I would manage my maneuver my ISO so I think it's a, a great combination to learn on YouTube and then apply on real life. What do you think about that? I totally agree. I think that, yes, to an extent, Instagram, YouTube, all those tutorials 
are very helpful, but the only real way to, is to go out and just experiment. Exactly. I've gone out dozens of times just knowing that I'm not going to get anything good, but it's just a learning factor and experience that's going to benefit you in the long run. And uh, not actually about our topic, but I think that I, I see a lot of photographers do is not uh, posting since the beginning. I think it's it's really important to post since the beginning so you can you can see your progress over time I have two pages on Instagram and my older one I got posts from 2013 so I just kept posting and kept posting this new one I just got the 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 best ones I make a, a more sophisticated selection but I, yeah. I like to do that because you it's actually your portfolio you show people like I was I was in this level and now I'm here so I think that that looks that is a a thing that everyone should do actually I think yeah I totally I think that's huge it's just being able to look back in time and look to see like what you came from how little experience you knew and how like not bad but how much you've learned in that time and yeah it is really cool to look back and see where you've come from absolutely I love to I go over like uh, big, uh, super big photographers and filmmakers. Like, do you know Sam Coder? Oh yeah. I I went through his Instagram. I I went to see the first photo he took because I went to learn. It, it's a learning uh, curve because you you see that those guys that are here today they didn't start here. So that's that's very cool. And I see many people comparing themselves themselves to bigger photographers but they didn't actually see their progress from the bottom the the photos back into 2010 uh, when when Instagram was was getting kinda started I think mm -hmm. that's that's very nice yeah how to properly expose your drone shots do you get them purposely darker or brighter in order to to add it to, to preserve dynamic range what do you do uh, I'd say my rule of thumb is probably to underexpose my shots but another technique I've learned probably in the last six months is bracket exposuring and so that's when you take um, in the same spot in the air you take one shot uh, one stop below uh, one right in the middle and then one overexposed by a stop and then again you go in Lightroom and there's a really easy software you just highlight all three images or however many you nice. took and it'll stitch them all together into one HDR which is really nice and makes it so you don't lose your shadows or like burn out your highlights what is the name of that that software it, it is in uh, Lightroom you go, you, yeah you um, highlight however many images you want to stack together um, and then it would be under photo merge and then it would be um, HDR or yeah like HDR merge or something like that nice. I could show you it's very straightforward you just highlight them all and it does it right for you nice you you just throw them there and then Lightroom does the job for you yep it creates it oh. like one master file that's why I love Adobe <laughs> they got everything exactly. perfect that's it's it very nice it really easy which Lightroom do you use? The the classic one or the, the new one? I use classic. I like to use the new one because I get everything on my phone, on my tablet, so 
I sometimes I, I don't want to edit on my PC. I, I like want to edit on the couch. So I just throw the photo and grab my phone and get to the couch and, and start editing. I think that this compatibility is very nice from Adobe. Yeah, the convenience of it is yeah, very nice. It's, it's very cool. I've noticed on your profile that you really like this 45 degree angle uh, when you're shooting your photos. I, I seem some photographers do this straight down, but you like this angle uh, like this. Why is that? Can you tell us? Yeah, I think because uh, one of the things I've learned over the years is definitely just to try out different um, like angles and stuff just to like make it more interesting for your viewers. But in my case, I like the top down, just going straight down, but you really can't see much in that image. So at a 45, yeah. you can include your subject and a nice landscape. So it's kind of the best of both worlds, in my opinion, because it kind of just spices up the image and makes it interesting to look at. So you like not only to show the, the subject, but also the environment that it is contained in. Exactly. Oh, that, that's very nice. I've seen uh, some videos that uh, I love videos that drone videos that start straight down and then are going slowly up to reveal the image, the the place, mm -hmm. the the uh, greatness of the place. I think uh, you just brought that into photography, which is really cool. Yeah, it's it's definitely you have to change up your like flight if you're doing video. You change up your flight path. You change up how you maneuver your camera and stuff like that because after so many of that same flight path you pan up it gets a little boring so you do it's changed up and it really makes the video interesting to watch yeah nice do you also do some some videos don't you yeah i i haven't done as much as i'd like to but yeah i'm getting back into it for sure okay i'll, I'll link your your channel in the description yeah i haven't posted anything on youtube in a while but I might be making a TikTok soon. I'm not sure yet. Nice. I got a TikTok. I, I'll, I'll follow you. We can we can do collabs uh, there too. I've, yeah, I've seen a lot of. What? We can actually do collabs there too if you want. Exactly. Yeah, it's really nice. I love that like whole platform. I've seen a ton of people blow up on it, and it's just. It's really cool. Uh, how do you make the, the photos? You talked about it earlier. How do you make them four uh, by five to Instagram? Because usually drones shoot uh, like this on 16 by nine. My drone actually, it doesn't flip the camera. And I saw that some drones like the Mavic Pro version one, it flips the camera. So you can get a, 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 a vertical photo straight from the camera. Does your drone do that or is just that uh, thing on Lightroom that you told me earlier? Because with another camera you just do this. And if your drone camera doesn't do this, what will you do? What is the, the way out? Yeah, so uh, right now I'm using a Mavic Air 2. Nice. So that does not have, uh, it doesn't have the vertical like switch setting, only the Mavic original does. So instead, to um, compensate for that I do a vertical panorama so I'll keep my drone in the same spot in the air everything the same the only thing I'll change is the actual degree of the camera so uh, I would shoot one one below my subject right at my subject and then one a little higher so then I could create my 4x5 in Lightroom and not lose 
any resolution and gain some actually which is definitely a huge benefit that's actually a genius solution to to that problem and i just bought a a mavic air 2 too it is still didn't arrive but oh really I, yeah i sold my spark and phantom tree and bought that and i think I didn't actually learn, uh, got very good at drone photography and with the Mavic I want to get very very good at filming with it and, and shooting photos with it. I might uh, I, yeah. <laughs> ask the you Mavic some more questions as well. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean just going off the Mavic Air 2 I think that is definitely a really good like not just beginner drone but also uh, middle of the pack drone because it does offer very good video and stills the only thing it doesn't have is the one inch sensor but we don't not everyone can even notice it it's a very small uh yeah it's it's not very noticeable or a massive deal but i'd say the mavic air 2 is definitely a really good drone for people that are just trying to get more serious about it and up their game in the photography sense yeah it, it this thing about the sensors the the technology is is getting so good that phones with little little sensors they get very good photos that sometimes you don't even know which one is a camera photo and a, a phone photo just if you zoom in that's that's actually insane and uh, I see you saying that it's not really a big deal that the sensor is, is smaller because the the quality and the all the megapixels the resolution is getting very good mm, yeah that, that's you awesome like, I love time DJI. Really, <laughs> yeah i had a um an autel x-star premium before this and that is basically the same thing as a uh, phantom 4 so oh, i've seen big, it is, is it the, yeah. the red one yeah oh nice and that that's it looks very nice yeah it was it was a great drone but the thing is you just can't work around it is the size the size to carry that around is just such a pain and an inconvenience that it really just like yeah it made it made you not want to bring it anywhere or fly it but now with the mavic air i see you saying that because it i we had a case we have a case for the the phantom tree and it looks like a, a mini <laughs> fridge <laughs> in <Yeah>. a backpack <laughs> that's the thing looks horrible and it's heavy as hell. It's it's a pain to carry that around. It it doesn't really uh, work out when you you're trying to be very quick on photography. We yeah. we have to be quick at many times and it it it's not radical. You need to uh, put all the the I forgot the name of the the props. Yeah. Oh, all the all the propellers uh, one at a time and it it's kind of very very time consuming to do that and it's loud as hell yeah they are <laughs> big drones they hum and it like not that you want to be sneaky with the drone with the big drones they're all super loud and just like a pain in the ass to carry so when you're around a big tourist attraction or around a bunch of people where you you're not supposed to be fine around like people aren't supposed to be around you so it's just really annoying when like everyone's coming up to ask questions like they're all curious and Some all of the like, kids come to you come to the play the person with the controller yeah it, it's no, it, very it funny nice to have it's nice to be sneaky sometimes yeah i see that because i also had the the spark and it was like you don't need to take off the propellers you can put it on the case 
and I just like I wanted to be quick. I just connected everything and and I I, I used just let it go and and take the go photos on. and videos I, I wanted. I I like very much this convenience that the the new drones are getting. Oh yeah, it, it's a game changer. It, you if you can fit it in a camera bag and you don't need a whole separate bag for it, it really makes it that much easier to carry and just easy to fly and the whole experience much better. So DJI is really that it's a game changer what they've done. Yes, because I remember sometimes we got the the car full, the the five five people in the car and we had to put mm -hmm. the drone case on on the on the back because it yeah. didn't fit anywhere else and this sometimes you you maybe i don't know because i i still got my hands on but can you fit like on that this hoodie that you you're using can you fit it on the the pockets the oh yeah the mavic with Air, the case honestly oh with the case no but honestly with the case you could just carry it around it's super light it's like it's so it's super easy and just convenient you don't even know it's there but yeah you're gonna love it i'm yeah that's awesome and I like I like uh, things that the Phantom and the Spark didn't have, but the Spark didn't really need it because it was already so small. But the I like that the retractable parts of the propellers, the the part that holds yeah. the propellers, that is very good to carry around, and it's very very simple to set up, isn't it? You just oh yeah, you just unclip them, and then you're you can literally just turn it on and fly. That's awesome, and you can. Yeah. You can put it on the case with the the propellers on. You don't need to take them every time. That's awesome. Yep, you leave them on. It's super easy. Yeah. That's awesome, man. If you ever have any questions, yeah. If you ever have any questions about it, just ask me. Okay, I, I will. I will send you <laughs> DMs all the time as soon as I get it. Anytime. Okay. So now let's go to framing tips. Do you have any frame tips for people that are already involved with drone photography? And uh, beginners, do you have any tips on how to frame, how to get the most out of the environment you are in? What do you tell me? So I would say that framing is a very big part of the um, just making up an image. Um, I would say this, it all depends on the environment in my situations, but you would definitely focus on like leading lines, textures, um, just eyesores, and you want to have a main subject most of the time. So it, it has a lot of factors in it, which isn't bad, but it definitely will make or break an image. So you have to consider everything and uh, see the image in your head before you actually snap it. You need to know what you're looking at and what you want to capture. You can't just be flying blind. I like to, before I launch my drone, I actually like to think like, what am I going to fly? What am I going to try to capture? Do I want to take video? Do I want to take like panoramas? So it definitely is like you need to think behind it. You need to actually yes. uh, pre you need to pre prepare, which is I guess hard in some cases because you just you're so excited. But it definitely does help. So you you actually entered on our next topic. Do you research before you shoot like? I've seen people on YouTube doing uh, research on Google Maps and they, they just uh, go to the place that they want to shoot and see if it is interesting from above. What uh, Do you use any apps? Because I, I also seen apps that sh uh, show you nice photography locations. What do you do? 
Uh, yeah, I use Google Earth most of the time. I would say that is a very underrated tool. I think all photographers should, all photographers should use it, whether it's drone, on the ground, whatever you're doing. It just makes it so much more simple, and you can plan a how ahead of time because, like, in most cases, I'm just going to random locations, not big tourist areas. So I have to figure out parking. I have to figure out like where I'm going to launch from if there's a bunch of trees. So there's a bunch of factors, and Google Earth really makes sure that uh, you can kind of think ahead and answer all those in your head before you go out. So it definitely does give you the peace of mind and makes your shoots a lot more convenient and uh, successful in most cases. That's awesome. Do you use any other apps or just Google Earth? Uh, right now, just Google Earth. Um, I haven't heard of any others that really do much more. Do you know of any? Not actually. I've seen for photo locations, but when you're actually on the ground. So you said it's very underrated and it's really true because if you're going to think the complexity of Google Earth and, and Google Street View, it's absurd because like it's the whole world and you can see everything. And I, I think that you, you, we just got very used to this technology, technological era uh, of people launching rockets all the time, like Elon, Elon Musk and the cameras getting <laughs> better and everything just getting better. And we we kind of underrate these these apps. It's it's awesome. I, I I get mind blown every time I I enter Google Earth and I see like uh, my cousin, which is is ten. He he does he is not as as surprised as I am because he already <laughs> is used to to very things uh, the many technological things uh, since he was born. So it's actually yeah, crazy to think about. Yeah, yeah. It, it's a, it's a different generation. They've grown up with it. They've experienced it their whole life, and just the fact, like on Google Earth, especially for just like a drone photographer like me, it's already in the drone view, uh, unless you go to the streets. So like, if you're just bored, you could just scroll through your town, through your city, whatever you're looking for, and find some really cool compositions, hidden gems that you wouldn't find before. Like my recent post, it's a reservoir but I had uh, no idea how to get to it or just how to park or anything like that. And I found it on Google Earth. Is it the one with the frozen lake? Yep. Oh, that's, those shots look so cool. Did you find that this place at Google Earth too? too? Oh, no, that, that I found on um, hash, through hashtags. So I guess that's similar too, just nice. to find locations. So I just looked up uh, like Connecticut photography and that was one of the top ones. And now it's funny, I'm on the top of that hashtag with that photo. <laughs> That's awesome. I like to search places by hashtags too, but I never uh, did it for my city. I've done it like uh, Bali, and then I, I'll, I yeah. won't go to Google, I'll go to Instagram hashtags. That's awesome. I will be doing that in my city. I never thought of, thought of that, actually. Do you use any polarizing filters to, to take your shots? Because I've seen they make a lot of difference. Um, of right now, I don't use any polarizers. I use ND filters for videos and stuff like that, or if I'm trying to get long exposures. But I am considering getting a polarizer for my drone because it would definitely be really cool to get some like nice water shots with like no reflections or just like just really clean up the image. Those are awesome. I love the 
that the new Mavic Air 2 can you can shoot long exposures and do I don't know light trailers maybe on a, a road that would re, uh, look really insane from above. Have you tried it? Yeah. Yet? Have I done what yet? Uh, did you already try to do long exposures with the the Mavic Air 2? Oh yeah. Um, this past weekend I went up to a waterfall and because I have the fly more combo for the Mavic Air, I got the nice. uh, ND pack. So I used the 256 I believe it is or 264 I don't know which one it is but yeah it, it got a really nice uh, exposure in broad daylight with snow and everything like that nice so it's definitely a very useful tool is it harder to to shoot on snow because uh, I've never been to to a snowy place before but I've seen that is very very reflective does it affect the the, the shots yeah it uh, you definitely have to consider lighting much more because everything becomes a lot more overexposed because you have so much light reflecting back to the drone. But yeah. it does make a, for a really cool effect if you use it right, which is nice, but it's tricky. What are your, your base settings, let's put it like that, for shooting snow? Uh, normally I like to have my ISO as lowest as possible, so 100 I believe it is. And then uh, depending on what time of day and where I'm facing in uh, orientation of the sun, I'll uh, adjust my shutter exposure, or like, I'll adjust my shutter uh, to make it fit or make it uh, exposed well. Um, do you do you have any tips for shooting at low light at night? Because all my shots at night they get very dark and very noisy because I bump up the ISO trying to get more light in, in but I lose a lot of resolution. So how what do you do when you're shooting at night? Um, personally, I do not shoot at night that often. Normally, like sunset is the latest I'll go. But if I were to do like a cityscape or something like that at night, I would uh, I would probably try to push my shutter to the slowest possible to let in the most light. Depending on if it's a windy day, though, you'll have the drone will be pushing around, yeah. making your image blurry. But if it's a calm night, I would recommend just dropping your shutter really slow and then that can also make it so your ISO can go lower and so that should help cancel out most of the noise but if not uh, Lightroom does a pretty good job of I yes guess, it does uh, the, the, it. you can use noise reduction and color noise reduction and they make a lot of difference I would try to do that to put my exposure down I, I didn't actually think about that I just put my ISO up or I would go into auto mode and see if if it worked but I don't really like auto mode because the photo gets how the system thinks it's good but sometimes you want to overexpose uh, or underexpose on purpose you know yeah exactly it gives you a lot more control and just makes it more customizable to you yeah more yeah the the photo it won't be be the the same photo as everyone is taking i i say that a lot in my videos because i think that the this whole thing about photography is for you to take photos that other people are not taking because that's the way you stand out if you go exactly. to let's say the statue of of liberty and take the the photo a photo in the same spot as everyone else you will just have one more photo that that photo will be the same as everyone that was in the place 
Yeah, I totally agree. Switching the angle, switching the settings, switching the color grade. Just make it something unique to yourself, and it really does make it stand out. Yes. I like. I uh, love to try to put a foreground, you know. If, uh, if yeah. I am in a place with leaves, I will try to shoot through the leaves or even through the, the grass, if the, the grass is, is big. I think that adds a, a spice to, to your photos. It does. Just it's, adding layers really does. It's awesome because... And you, you actually get a sense of distance. Yes, that's true too, yeah. You, it does make it more. You know what, you can where everything is, it. yeah. It's awesome. And the last question and the, the most, uh, the funnier one is this. Have you ever crashed a drone? I have. It was my old Autel X-Star Premium and I was on a beach up in Cape Cod and I remember flying, I was doing a pan up shot, but I was going backwards. And oh. keep in mind this drone, it has no <laughs> sensors. So, uh, on the bluff of the beach, so on a big mountain on the front of the beach, I was watching it come closer, but I was really far away. And the time I let go of the stick and pushed it forward, it was already way too close to the mountain and it just hit a bunch of bushes. But it didn't, it nothing broke. The props were a little scratched up, but I got really lucky. Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> you really did. Uh, we actually, me and my father, we crashed a Phantom 3 because we had the wonderful idea to uh, go up from uh, like there, there was a tree <laughs> and the drone was oh. here and then it didn't want to come back uh, where we were at so it went to the home location that was oh, yeah. <laughs> in a tree so the, a branch cut off the camera like a, like a oh. sword looking yeah. back I think it's not really about if you have you ever crashed. It's about when will you crash, because exactly. it yeah. happens a lot. Everyone's gonna crash. Everyone yeah. will crash. If we're going to Even buy a drone, be aware. <laughs> You're yeah, probably gonna with crash. With all these senses, with all these senses and everything like that, it makes it a lot harder. But eventually, one day, it's it's inevitable. It sucks to say, but. To get and the thing is too, to get good shots and get unique things, sometimes you have to fly close to things. Sometimes you have to get in places that are uncomfortable to fly in, around close objects. But it does make the shots more interesting. And I guess you just got to experiment with your drone. Hope your experience pays off. So that was it for for today's video, guys. Thank you, Hayden, for for coming here and talking. Uh, this very very cool stuff very nice tips about how to make the most out of your drone shots how to take better drone shots or and videos too I will put uh, Hayden's YouTube channel and Instagram in the description down below and I will link everything to Hayden if you did like this video what do you do Hayden subscribe you want to to say something thank you for having me first podcast and Definitely love talking about myself. You're welcome.